Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Uh, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. And Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. You know where to find us. So, in the last episode, we read about um, Michaela and Tommy getting down on the kitchen table. Um, and this, the, I mean... Before that, we had Gavin worrying that uh, Michaela was trying to put moves on Annalise. Like, nothing could be further from the truth, I guess, unless it turns out that, you know, she's bisexual, which if so, you know, whatever. But they haven't developed that yet. Um, I feel like they did the, that last chapter just to show that that's as far from the truth as could possibly be. So to delve back into that later on would be a surprise. Um, and then after... Uh, Michaela and Tommy almost got caught by Joe, uh, Michaela's husband. Michaela called Annalise and told her all the dirt. Because I guess I've never, well, I've never cheated. So I guess I could say that. But I've never cheated. But if I did cheat, would I call somebody and tell them about it? I mean, the best way to keep a secret is to keep it to yourself. And if Annalise ever got mad at Michaela because something happened, then she would tell Joe that something happened. And, ugh. God, just the drama that I'm building in my head is bad enough. But anyhow, here we are at chapter five. Annalise Channing. That shit didn't make a lick of sense. How can Michaela be so stupid and have Tommy over there? Shit, if I was messing around on Gavin and the dude would have pulled a bold move like that, he wouldn't have made it to my front door. It's these young dudes I clown as I got myself ready to walk out the house to get into the Uber that was waiting for me outside. Struggling with my new brightly colored luggage set, I motioned the driver to at least pop the trunk to help me out. Yeah, he opened it, aight. He did it remotely and didn't even bother to get out the damn car to help my ass. Carefully placing my suitcases inside, I slammed the rear door and got in the new model SUV. Thanks for helping me out. I guess y'all don't work for tips anymore, huh? The sarcasm threw the young white male driver off. He was so shaken and surprised that he couldn't stop apologizing. For his sake, he should have because there was no way I would have given him an extra dime after the way he treated me when he picked me up. Sorry about that, ma'am. He repeated as he sped and got me to the airport earlier than expected. Thanking him with words only, I laughed and reminded him to help the next woman out if she had luggage. Oh, he didn't like that shit and had the nerve to cuss me out outside the terminal in front of everybody. 
At first, I was just going to let it ride. But after he boldly kicked one of my suitcases over and scuffed the outside, I went off. It got really ugly really fast when Michaela, Tara, and Nina showed up in a lift. Once they heard me flipping out, they quickly jumped in and verbally assassinated his ass. Had him burning rubber trying to escape the insults, but he had it coming with his slick mouth. Report his ass, Lisey. Michaela urged as we checked our luggage in curbside and then hurried and stood in the security check line. As long as it took to get through, our flight was already starting to bore when we made it to the gate. With our early bird check-in privileges, we walked straight to the front of the line and boarded straight away. Nina was the first one to grab a window seat in the fourth row. While I stood there scrambling around for the hand sanitizer that I dropped, some nice-looking guy in a suit took it upon himself to sit next to her. That left the three of us to take up the next row. Before I could scoot inside to the window, Tara breezed by me and got it first. That was slick of her, but I wasn't about to sit bitch in the middle, so I moved aside to let Michaela in next. She didn't like that shit either. I'm not about to sit in the middle. This is Southwest and I can sit anywhere. I ain't got to sit in the middle of you two, she complained. Actually, this is a full flight, ma'am. So? Michaela challenged. Sorry to offend you, but I was just saying that if you sit somewhere else, no telling who you'll get seated next to. The young black female flight attendant whispered and winked before squeezing by us. You heard her. I laughed and stood there holding up the line. Hush and get over here, Michaela. I'll sit in the middle, Tara huffed and plopped in the middle seat. You need something to separate all the deviousness you two have inside you anyhow. The nerve of her. Just because her and Nina were single, they thought they had the right to be wild, but we couldn't. Hell, if shit wasn't right at home, I wasn't going to go without, and I knew that Michaela felt the same way. It wasn't our fault that our husbands were falling short in both the mental and physical department. Hushing her ass up, I enlightened her on my situation. Look, Tara, I'm not happy at home and haven't been for some time. If I want to mingle while we're out here, I'm going to do that without having to hear your mouth, boo. For real, though, sis, Michaela added and cut her eyes. We all grown, and we shall do as we please. That's the truth, Tara. I'm not happy in my marriage at all, especially in the bedroom, I admitted in a whisper. Well, have you talked to Gavin about how you feel? Yeah, but he wants it when he wants it, and by then I didn't already got off by myself. I clowned, sending Michaela into an eruption of laughter. Only Tara didn't think it was funny. Y'all both should be ashamed, and especially you, Michaela, because you got not one, not two, but three damn kids to your husband. At least if Annalise fucked off her marriage, she wouldn't have to worry about all that. She has money and property in her name. She has something to fall back on. If you get caught up like you almost did this morning, you and the kids ain't gonna have nowhere to run but to me or Nina's house. So, you will let us come? Michaela frowned and pouted. Yeah, but you and all three of your kids will be sharing one bedroom and one bathroom. I don't think you would like that after living in a five-bedroom, would you, boo? Tara clowned and stuck her earphones in her ears to ignore the shit her sister started talking. Boldly removing the one on my side, I cleared my throat. Tara looked at me and so did Michaela. Let me... Again, y'all, I'm going to be reading this the way that it's written, so bear with me. Let me get be honest with both of you, I stated. I know I've been acting like I've been seeing someone, but it's not like that. 
Stop lying, Michaela hissed and pointed her finger at me. You just went to the hotel last week. There I was, busted, and I didn't even have to be if I kept my mouth shut. I could have easily said I was by myself, but with Michaela and Tara staring me down, I felt on the spot and blurted out all my business. Yeah, okay, but that was nothing, I said, waving my hand as if I was showing the deception under the rug. If you snuck to do anything, it was something, Annalise, Tara shrieked and covered her mouth. Now who was this nobody? Some young dude, probably around the same age as this Tommy guy. See? Michaela got this girl curious about some young dick, Tara gasped and giggled. It's not my damn fault. I don't even know shit about all this until now, Michaela protested. Hush and listen, I insisted as I explained how I met Ashad. He had just made the legal drinking age, but he was still wearing his pants sagging and his hat backwards. Sure, I wasn't but five years older than Ashad was, but obviously more mature. Too bad Michaela and Tara didn't think so. After explaining everything about the night at the hotel and giving them general information about him, like the fact that he had his own place and car plus a flagging job at such a young age, they were both intrigued. They thought that I was the one who was being immature about the situation. Girl, he sounds fine, fun, and well on his way to be financially stable, Tara giggled. Well, I got my own dough, and a shot may be fine, yeah, but fun? Oh no. I couldn't get past the loud-ass hip-hop music that he was blasting when we got inside the hotel suite. That shit had turned me all the way off. I mean, it's cool when you're rolling in the car or at the club, but when I'm trying to get in the mood? No, I clowned. So y'all had that nice-ass suite, and he ordered room service and had flowers and candy and all that shit, and he still didn't get none? Michaela teased and covered her mouth as we got in the air. Nope. And I'm not sorry about it either because it showed me that I ain't fooling with these younger dudes unless they got their shit together, I promised. Ashad sounded like he got his shit together, Annalise. Michaela laughed and so did Tara. Financially, but not mentally. Ashad is too young in the mind and Gavin ain't no better. I'm just done with all that shit and I don't even want to think about it this whole trip. I just want to get on the beach and hopefully enjoy some sun rays and eye candy. I giggled and got comfortable in my seat. The flight wasn't that long, but I needed a nap before we got there. I know you ain't trying to sleep on us, Tara fussed as the stewardess took our drink order. Our vacation starts now. Tara wasn't lying either. By the time we got off that plane, we was all too lit to get a damn rental car. We had to take a lift to the Oceanside Airbnb house we had reserved. This shit right here is the truth, I gasped as we entered through the front door and immediately had a perfect view of the ocean through the big bay windows. The pictures online didn't do this place justice. Well, we have three whole days to enjoy it, so let's change and hit the beach, Nina screamed excitedly. Tara and Michaela, we gotta take lots of pics for Grammy. You know how she is. We will, Tara and Michaela chimed just as my stomach growled. I'm starving, I huffed and went searching for food. There was nothing but condiments and crackers. Munching on them while I ordered some chicken wings to be delivered, I decided what swimsuit I wanted to wear first. Since I had bought five new ones, I had some serious decisions to make. Wear the hot pink one, Michaela urged as she strolled in holding up her two-piece purple puma swimsuit. It was too cute and had a matching floral wrap to match. I got some purple slides to match too, girl. That shit is hot, Michaela, I complimented as I struggled to find an equally flattering ensemble to throw on. 
I'm telling you, the hot pink one, she repeated. She's right, Lisey. Tara came in the living room and agreed. That shit right there looks good with your complexion. Makes you look like you got a tan already. I do. A natural tan. Year round, baby, I tease. You and Michaela might have that cocoa brown skin tone, but ain't nothing like this caramel delight. Tell him, sis. Tara laughed while nudging Nina. I'm not cocoa, boo. I'm more like milk chocolate, Michaela teased and tossed her hair over her shoulder. Hot cocoa, milk chocolate, hell, you know what I mean, Tara announces her and Nina ran off to change. Minutes later, we all met up in the living room looking like we were about to be in a Skittles commercial. Shit, looking at the four of us would definitely make some young dude want to taste the rainbow. Sporting my hot pink strapless swimsuit, I twirled around to be on display and checked out Michaela who had her purple one on. Then there was Tara. She sported this lime green number that was to die for. Lastly but not least was Nina in her bright orange one piece. Having the most voluptuous shape out of us all, she walked out like a full-size model, just beautiful from head to toe. One big bag of Skittles, Michaela teased as if she had read my mind. We grabbed our handbags we had packed for the beach. All we're missing is some chicken yellow. As the doorbell rang, I remembered about the food I ordered. Since it was just some wings, I just left them in the bag and took them with us. They were so good that we ended up eating them all before we reached the sand. Sanitizing my hands and then sliding on my shades, we found us a perfect spot to watch all the folks out enjoying themselves. Especially the group of fine brothers that was helplessly playing a game of volleyball. They couldn't play worth a shit, but the view was captivating. You see that dude in the yellow shorts? Michaela whispered. He would fit right in over here, wouldn't he, boo? Stop it. You have a whole husband at home and a Tommy on the side, Terry reminded as the guy in the yellow shorts started staring in our direction. It wasn't a big deal in the beginning, but when he got his friends to look too, it got a little awkward. Before I could mention it to Tara, Nina, and Michaela, the guys were heading in our direction. Oh shit, I laughed as my cell rang. It was nobody but Gavin and I already knew he didn't want shit. So instead of answering it, I hit him with a pre-made message and silenced my phone just the men approached. With all this fineness in front of me, I didn't have time to be chatting it up with Gavin. Besides, he didn't want nothing no way. So what we got so far is a bunch of color-struck women who are all cheating on everybody. Everybody cheating on everybody in this book. Is the next chapter going to be to... Nope. I thought the next chapter was going to be Tara or, or, or Nina or somebody else with some uh, sensibilities as far as their relationship goes. But nope. Next chapter is Zakia, who again is playing Gavin for a fool. This whole thing is like a soap opera. This There used to be a um, show that used to come on um, FM radio when I was a kid uh, for the Tom Joyner morning show. It was a part of their thing. And it was called It's Your World. And it was a soap opera in like five minute bits. And so they would have uh, drama, ratchet ass drama, happen in between segments of the Tom Joyner morning show. And people ate it up. This feels like this would be a perfect script for It's Your World. It's your world. I'll remember the rest. Don't fuck with me. I'll start singing the... Uh, I'm just a Bill song, thinking that that's the lyrics. Anyhow, chapter six, Zakia Lansing. When Gavin showed up unexpectedly after leaving just the week before, I was happy to see him because the kids were at their cousins for the weekend. The only thing I couldn't figure out was why he kept calling his wife to check on her if he came to town to spend time with me. 
Do you think she gonna show up here or something? I asked him curiously. No, I don't think so. It's just she planned this last minute trip with her friends and now she's not answering her cell. And her location is off. It's like she's being sneaky about the shit or something. Maybe she cheating just like you are. I cracked, but Gavin didn't think that shit was funny. I could tell by the scowl he was wearing. Cheating was the last thing on my mind, he admitted with a surprised expression. I was more worried about her coming out here to check on me. She know you here? Nah, but you never know with Annalise. She doesn't communicate with me the way she used to, so I really don't know what she knows. Is that a bad thing? I asked now that my feelings were involved. For these past few months, Gavin had taken care of me and the kids like no man had ever done. Not even Dalo had shown us this much love and concern. With me and Gavin, there were no secrets, no disrespect, and I knew that he loved me. That part I was sure of. The only thing that still bothered me was that he still cared so much about his wife. Truthfully, I couldn't even be mad at Gavin about it either because I still had feelings for my ex, Dalo. He wasn't just the father of my kids. He was the only man I had ever given my heart to before Gavin. Buzz, ring, beep. It was my cell going off with that same number that had been popping up on my screen since Gavin walked through the door. It was making me think that his wife really had tracked him down. Letting curiosity get the best of me, I took my cell in the bathroom and ran the water while I answered it. Hello? Bitch, why you get a new number and ain't shot it to me or wrote me back? Those are the only words that Dalo could get out before I hung up on him. Fumbling with the phone with shaky hands, I couldn't even block the number quick enough. While Dalo was ringing my cell nonstop, Gavin was now at the bathroom door trying to get in. Why you got the door locked? Because I had to do my business, I huffed, lying to him that I was taking a shit. Okay, when you come out, we need to talk, Gavin replied. Cutting the water off, I listened to his footsteps fade in the distance while my cell vibrated in my hand again. Tucking it in my pocket, I glanced at my reflection in the mirror and smiled. Within a couple of months, Gavin had taught me in ditching the wigs and rocking some twists. Instead of all the wild colors that I usually sported, I now wore my natural hair color a dark brown and only added a few bright orange twists to make it pop. Dalo would trip if you saw my hair like this. I smirked and exited out of the bathroom with my baby daddy on my mind. What am I going to do now? I worried in a whisper. Being torn between the two had never been an issue because Dalo had been locked up since I met Gavin. There had been no communication whatsoever because my baby daddy hadn't had my new number until now. The letters he said he wrote, I never got because I lost the condo and didn't forward my new address. So what's up? I asked Gavin when I found him in the kitchen stool twirling around with his face in his phone. Without lifting his head, he held one finger in the air, motioning for me to wait a minute. Who the hell did he think he was? Ugh. I couldn't stand when folks did that shit to me after they was the one who wanted to talk to me in the first damn place. Stepping over to the counter after rolling my eyes at him, I reached in the cabinet to get a glass out. Then there went my cell again. It was so quiet in the kitchen that you could hear my phone vibrating loudly in my back pocket. Who is calling you like that? Gavin questioned and didn't even listen to my answer because he was too busy dialing his own wife back up. While he racked his brain doing that, I went right back and locked myself up in the bathroom so I could take one last call from Dalo. 
After that, I would have to block him until I figure something out. What, baby? Why the fuck you keep hanging up on me and where are the kids? He asked like he was getting at something. They're with Brenda. At her house. Yeah. I lied nervously when I didn't have to and stepped right into a trap. Stop with the noise, bitch! Dalo yelled. My homeboy Smack right here just got off the phone with Brenda. She ain't got any kids because I asked. She said that she let your raggedy ass dope fiend cousin Tanisha watch him and she better be lying. She is. I, I don't know why she'd say that shit. I tried to hold tight to my story that I was steadily getting blown out of the water. I do. Because it's the fucking truth and your ass keep lying. Oh, and you don't live at the damn condo no more. You lost that shit and now you've been living in your daddy's house? When the fuck was you gonna tell me that shit, huh? I was, bitch. No, you wasn't. And the fact that you ain't told me yet means you on some sneaky shit. Now, we ain't never had no problems concerning another nigga. But so help me, if I find out you creeping, I'm gonna do more than beat your ass, Zakia, Dalo threatened. You know how I popped up on your ass the last time I got out? I'm gonna pop up on your ass just like that and let me find another nigga over there. Ain't no nigga over here, I insisted in a whisper so that Gavin wouldn't hear me. Trust me when I say the kids will tell me because you know they will. You got life and bullshit mixed up if you think they ain't. Dalo, you are seriously tripping right now. Don't worry about how I'm acting right now. Just knowing you've been lying to a nigga got my head fucked up. I mean, you got me in a space where I feel like I can't trust you, Zakia. If you ain't keeping the 100 with me, it's gonna be on you, baby. Why you keep threatening me? I asked, becoming paranoid enough to go online and pull up his inmate information to make sure that he was still locked up. I ain't threatening you, Ma. This shit is straight facts, and if you don't go get my kids from that crackhead cousin of yours right now, there's gonna be some big fucking problems, bitch. Oh, I let Dalo get out everything that he wanted to say. But, after confirming that he was indeed at the Inverness jail with no immediate release information... I went ahead and talked some shit to him. I'm not your fucking property, Dalo, and I'm not one of your kids either. You can't order me to fuck around and expect me to do what you say. I mean, look where the hell you are. After coming home and promising all kinds of shit about doing better, and look where you are. Your ass can stay out a good month. Oh, you talking that slick shit because you think I can't touch you. Yeah, keep talking shit. I ain't talking shit. I'm speaking facts just like you. Every time you get out, you make all kind of promises that your ass can't keep. What kind of man would rather stay locked up in jail instead of being home with his girl and kids, huh? Keep talking. I like that shit. When I get cut loose from this motherfucker, I hope you keep talking that same shit, he taunted. Oh, I will because 9 out of 10, your ass gonna be locked up a week later anyway. Instead of worrying about what I'm doing, you need to be worried about not dropping the soap. I busted out laughing before hanging up in his face and blocking the number. What the fuck could he do about it right now? Not a damn thing but sit behind bars and pace like the cage animal he was. Wait. I whispered as I removed my hand from the doorknob to stop it from opening just yet. Before joining Gavin back in the living room, I had to dial up Berinda to tell her about herself. How dare she go running her damn mouth? Why the hell would you tell Dalo all that shit? I fussed in a low tone while running the water and flushing the toilet in an attempt to drown out my conversation. I didn't tell him shit. 
I told Smack, and I didn't even know they knew each other. I swear, Zakia, Brenda pled. He played me, and it's my own damn fault. Yeah, it is, I agree with the huff. But why are you telling the kids were with me? Because they're with Tanisha, and you know Dela don't like her. Even though she's been clean for a year and got her kids back, he still labels her the neighborhood crackhead, I whispered loudly. You're right, and he's stupid for that shit, Brenda replied. I'm sorry, though, about running my mouth, Zakia. I should have known when Smack kept asking me questions about you. Talk about you and his sister Diamond used to be good friends or some shit. Diamond? I snapped. I barely knew that bitch. Yeah, that nigga played you, Brenda. All he wanted was information about me to report that shit to Dalo's crazy ass. You know he called me here going off on me like I'm his damn child or something. For real? I ain't lying to you. Damn, I'm sorry, sis. You should have just known, Brenda. I ain't told Dalo or Gavin shit about each other. So Gavin don't know about Dalo either? Well, he knows I got a baby daddy, but we don't never talk about him because he ain't never called or been an issue. I tried to explain before Gavin came knocking on the bathroom door again. Look, I gotta go, Brenda, but I'll be calling you back as soon as I get a free moment. Saying Brenda's name loud enough for Gavin to hear when I opened the door prevented him from asking me who I was talking to on the phone again. Glad for it, too, because I wasn't in the mood for any conversation once I saw him standing there his boxer showing off his well-defined body. Powering off my cell, I placed my hand in his and allowed him to escort me to the master bedroom. That was where all our little ghetto love was made. That night, Gavin must have needed to release as much stress as I did because we connected like no other time before. When it was all over, I was not only left with a smile on my face, but a sense of peace as well. That was until the next morning when I powered my cell back on. Now Dela would found another number to call me from and the problems were starting all over again. This nigga wasn't about to let up and with him calling me like that, Gavin certainly had questions for me. What answers I would give him, I had yet to decide. Who's making love to your old lady? While you was out making love, this nigga Gavin is seriously concerned about where his wife at. If his wife cheating on him. Nigga, you cheating. He's also concerned about her coming up to the house that he's at, checking in on him while he cheating. And Zakia talking crazy reckless to Dalo like he ain't just gonna sit in jail and stew over the shit. Yeah, he's in jail like a caged up animal, but he's stewing over your ass. So when he get out, it's going to be dangerous for you. Like, I'm not even saying that like in a funny way. I'm literally worried about her. <sighs> Chapter 7. Gavin Channing. Where the fuck Annalise was, I had no fucking clue. And it was bugging the shit out of me. I could barely concentrate on Zakia while we finally had a kid-free weekend. After already messing off the first night, I was able to end it with a bang. But the next morning... My wife's whereabouts were fresh on my mind once again. With Zakia's cell steadily going off again and Annalise unaccounted for, I was distracted beyond my control. With my mind wandering, I couldn't help but think that she might be on her way up here trying to bust me up. The only way I could know for sure was if I pegged her location and was able to call her. With her phone off, I couldn't contact her or track that shit. What's wrong with you? Zakia asked. Why something gotta be wrong with me? Because you're over here acting all weird and shit. That's why. How do you want me to act, Zakia? I don't have any idea where Annalise is. 
What is she on her way over here right now? Well, I guess you'd have some explaining to do then. I mean, it's only a matter of time before she find out about us. If y'all ain't doing good in your marriage, let it be now, she suggested nonchalantly as she shrugged her shoulders. You really don't care, do you? <laughs> about your marriage? Hell nah. What you done thought? Your wife is a bitch, so why would I care? I'm ready for you to be done with that relationship so I can stop feeling like your dirty little secret. Dirty little secret, I asked. Yes, your dirty little secret, Gavin. I never knew you felt that way, I admitted truthfully. How would you know? You never asked me how I feel about anything, Gavin. You're not my dirty little secret, Zakia. I have really strong feelings for you. I just don't know how to deal with them because I have a wife who just happens to be your sister. Don't start with that sister shit, Gavin. I don't know that bitch and she don't know me. We're connected by blood only, so please don't go there. Zakia wasn't looking at the big picture. It wasn't bad because I was cheating. It was worse because of the connection we all had. Do you love her or me, Gavin? She asked. That caused a lot of thinking on my part. I felt like I loved Zakia. She and I spent a lot of time together. At first, I felt sorry for her because she had two kids and no help. I asked where her kid's father was, but all she would tell me is that they weren't together anymore, and he wanted nothing to do with the kids. How could a man just walk away from his children and not want to be a part of their lives? These were good kids. A little wild, but good. Do you love me, Gavin? I do love you, Zakia, I confess. But you love your wife too, right? Of course I love my wife. We've been together for years. We have history together. But you don't have children, so there's nothing keeping you two tied together unless... Unless what? Unless you stay married to her for the money she inherited from my daddy. <laughs> Hell no, I laughed and looked at her like she was crazy. I was a well-paid attorney who was sitting on a nice little savings and didn't want for shit. I make my own money. I don't need the money she inherited. So why not just walk away, she asked. You'd never understand. You're right, so explain it to me. Can we talk about something else, please? Or do you just want to keep talking about Annalise? Well, you're the one who's all distracted and shit, Zakia said as she smirked. I can't get your attention for anything. You have my undivided attention now. I pulled her onto my lap. I want to be with you, Zakia, but I need you to be patient with me. You knew my situation when we started messing around. I'm not saying that I won't ever leave my wife, but I just need you to give me some time to figure shit out. How much time do you need, though? Because I'm not going to be sitting around here waiting for you forever, Zakia enlightened. I don't know, babe. But you don't have to wait for years and years, though. I hope not, she huffed and got up to pace the bedroom floor. Because I sure in the hell won't be waiting that long. To ease the tension, I drew Zakia back to the bed and took care of her needs while tending to my own. Not only did it temporarily release my mind of any worries, but I was sure that any thoughts about her being my side chick got swept under the rug as well. Damn, not only did you put me to sleep last night, I get some good morning wood too? Zakia sang happily as she danced butt naked all the way to the bathroom. 
Even after having two kids, her body was beautiful. Laying there thinking about it, I couldn't help to frown up about Annalise never wanting kids. That shit was a major factor because I wanted children. No, it didn't have to be right at that moment, but soon. There was no way I wanted to wait until my late 30s to have a child. I wanted to have him while I was young and could still relate to him on their level. I wanted to be able to run around and play with my kids. I didn't want to be 50 with a 2 or 3 year old. The wider the age gap, the more difficult it was to communicate. At least that was the way I saw it. You coming? Zakia yelled out, causing me to refocus on my situation with her. Yeah, here I come, I answered and joined her in the shower. As we washed one another up, we planned our day. Well, it was more like Zakia planned it. While she wanted to go around town looking for supplies and fixtures for her salon, I wanted to find out where the hell Annalise was. Since I couldn't do both at once, I had to shake Zakia for a while. Why don't you use a prepaid card I gave you to get what you need? I just loaded some money on there before I came out here, I told her as we got out and dried off. I'm going to stay here and get on my computer. I have to check on a few cases that I have going on. Huh? Well, uh, I really wanted you to come with me, baby, Zakia stuttered. Not taking no for an answer, I ended up driving her around all morning, but by noon, I was done. She had spent over a thousand dollars and had more than what she needed. My rental car was full, and the rest of the shit had to be delivered. Thanks for hooking the sister up today, Gavin. Zakia screamed with happiness when we finally made it back to the house. Since it was my first time pulling up in the daytime, I was able to view the entire property from afar. My eyes widened at the incredible size of it and how finely it was upkept. Although it wasn't as new as the house that I shared with Annalise in Texas, it was definitely bigger and nicer. No worries. I'm glad to be of some type of help. I smiled and drove around to the side near the cottage. I'm going to unload this stuff and let you arrange everything. I got to go in the house and get on my computer to handle my business. Okay, Mr. Big Time Attorney. She teased with her eyes shining brightly as she batted them sexily. I really appreciate you. Kissing Zakia's lips, I released her and hurried to unload her stuff. Soon as I was done, I shot in the house to dial Annalise up. She still hadn't called, texted, or returned any of my calls, which wasn't like her. What the hell was she up to? Setting my laptop on the table, I got up and went to the door instead of peeking out the window. As I swung it open, I saw a familiar face. Joni? Gavin? She gasped with a shocked expression. She had to be wondering why the hell I was over there, and right then I couldn't think of a valid reason. The only thing that came to mind was a bunch of bullshit. Hey, I answered, still at a loss of words. Even though I got you in touch with my niece, I'm surprised to see you here, Johnny replied as she breezed past me and started looking around the house. Is Zakia here? Yeah, she's in the cottage. I came by to drop some supplies off to help her start her salon, I said, given the partial truth. That's great. I'm glad she's going to finally do something with her talents, Joni smiled proudly. Her father would have loved to see her doing something other than running behind that no-good baby daddy of hers. Auntie Joni? Zakia came running in and interrupted. What are you doing here? Well, I came to take the kids to the park since it was a nice day. But I found Gavin here and he was telling me about how he was kind enough to bring you supplies all the way from Texas. She said, giving us both the side eye. 
Especially when he just up and let you move in here after your daddy gave your sister, his wife, this house. Somebody want to tell me what I'm missing? Damn. This lady wasn't beating around the bush one bit. Joni was a straight shooter with no chaser, but I was an attorney, and after reminding myself of that shit, I quickly spoke up in defensive mode. Now, I can see how you could get the wrong idea, but this is my hometown, and I have family here as well. When I'm here, Annalise likes me to come and check on the property, and when... No need to explain when we all grown, Joni laughed like she wasn't falling for anything I was saying. Trying to convince her otherwise was tougher than a damn hung jury. Opening my mouth to attempt one last time, I was silenced by the ringing of my cell. Drawing it out of my pocket, I saw that it was a call I was waiting for. Let me take this, I spoke, holding my finger in the air. Although it wasn't company business, I excused myself like it was and went outside to take it. Yeah, it was Annalise, and I couldn't wait to hear her excuse about why she hadn't been answering the phone. This woman better have a good one. One thing I forgot to mention in the last chapter before I started reading this chapter was how word, the part where she was like, yeah, I used to wear them crazy wigs and all that kind of stuff. But now that I met Gavin, he convinced me that I should wear my hair in natural twists with my natural brown hair and look all ladylike. I don't I don't know why that rubs me the wrong way. I just don't like it. I don't like it one fucking bit. I don't like the fact that a man is coming in and she's changing the way that she is for a man, I guess. I think that's it. But then again, she's still young and he's nasty anyway for fucking with her and fucking with his wife's sister and fucking with her. Like none of this shit would have happened if he hadn't flew back. He flew back with a plan. I don't care what nobody say in this book. Chapter 8. Michaela Easton. Annalise paced the kitchen floor to Airbnb while we all waited for her to finally hang up with her husband. She was taking forever and we was ready to go. Look, Gavin, I ain't got to check in every five minutes. I told you where I was going and who I was with. I'll text you the damn hotel information if that's going to stop you from calling my cell nonstop. Come on now. The whole reason for this grocery was a getaway from you and here you are blowing up my damn phone. Sheesh, Gavin, Annalise complained. Come on, I whispered loudly and cut my eyes. The guys we met at the beach the day before were treating us out to lunch. After the dinner they had served to us on the beach the night before, I couldn't wait to see what they had in store for us today. Come on, we already slept in and missed breakfast, Tara whined. Speak for yourself, Nina laughed. I got up at the crack of dawn and cooked myself a whole meal while all y'all was snoring. Damn, you didn't save us shit? I sneered at my cousin as I checked the microwave and oven. I don't even smell shit. I cooked that shit hours ago and cleaned up my mess, Nina smiled and rubbed her flat tummy. I'm ready to eat again. That girl was so greedy, but the way she ate carbs smart, all that meat, cheese, eggs, veggies, and fruit went straight to her hips and thighs. Nina ate no bread, no pasta, no sugar, or any kind of potatoes. There was no way that I could do that shit, and thankfully, I didn't have to. Come on, I urged and repeated for the third time as I heard a familiar ringtone. It wasn't nobody but Tommy, and after rushing Annalise off the phone with Gavin, I didn't even bother answering it. Making it out the door to the waiting lift van, my phone rang again. Now everyone's eyes were on me. What? I smirked and turned my ringer off. I'm not going to answer it. This is our getaway, and we all agreed not to be bothered with home unless it was an emergency. 
Yeah, and that show ain't your husband or your kids, Tara clowned and slid her shades on the top of her head so she could give me the evil eye. You gonna get enough of all this. Me and Nina should be the only two going on this little lunch date. So, I guess you gonna have two dudes each then, huh? Annalise teased. Yeah, that don't sound too bad, Tara laughed. I'm just playing. I told you that I wasn't going to mess with you and Michaela while we out here, but I expect you to get all this out your system while we're here so you can go home and act right. One weekend ain't long enough to get this shit out of my system, sis. I clowned, rocking in my seat and reaching up for a high five from Annalise. Right, BFF? So right, BFF, Annalise agreed as we pulled up at the beachside restaurant. Never had I seen so many fine black men in one place at one time before. The guys weren't lying when they told us there was some kind of black coach association convention going on that weekend in Los Angeles. Fuck Simon, Fred, Jake, and Paul, Tara shouted out using some random names. Who? We all asked in unison. Them niggas we met yesterday. With all these handsome men to choose from, why settle for the first pickings, Tara teased but was very serious. That was my sister, and I knew her all too well. Look. I was kind of feeling Blakely, I said, referring to the young, light, bright nigga I met at the beach. He kind of reminded me of Tommy in a way, and Tara called me out on it. Yep. Shut my ass right on up. Let's just get in here and see what's popping, Nina chimed, and Annalise agreed. Walking in together, we noticed right away that we weren't the only females in there. In fact, the more I scanned the place, the more I felt like a damn groupie. Ain't that your friend Blakely right there? Annalise frowned and pointed in the opposite direction. Glancing behind me, along with Tara and Nina, I saw the same dude that had invited me up in some random chick's face. Shaking my head, I suddenly felt like it was a bad idea going there. My sister quickly read my face and convinced me in a stain. Let me get us some drinks, Annalise offered and flagged down the nearest waitress before taking advantage of the buffet-style meal set out. When we got back to the table, our drinks were there. Down in the first one, I caught the waitress before she left so I could order another one. Slow down, sis, Tara urged. Annalise nudged her and told her to cut it out. She's not driving and we're on vacation. You know what? I'm sick of you two. It feels like I have to watch what I say and honestly, it feels like I'm babysitting you and Lisey, Tara huffed as she got up with her plate in hand. Come on, Nina. Huh? She mumbled with a mouthful of food. Come on, Tara snapped, causing Nina to get up and go with her. That was cool, though. There were like two peas in the pod anyhow. Now that we got rid of them, what you want to do? Annalise laughed. Since Blakely acting flaky, let's say. Hey, Michaela. Blakely interrupted as he and his boy Anthony came up to the table. By this time, I was already feeling it. Oh, you just now noticed I was here? Nah, actually I spotted your beautiful smile the minute you walked in, but my homeboy's wife was telling me about how he was in the hotel room with a hangover. I tried to pry myself away, but that woman could talk up a storm. He laughed, making me forgive him without even letting him know I was upset with him in the first place. Letting bygones be bygones, all four of us sat there and got even more tipsy. Listening to all their stories had me laughing more night every night of my life. Blakely and Anthony knew just what they were doing, too. Buttered us right on up and convinced us into taking them back to our Airbnb to go swimming. 
We got a whole beach out there. A whole ocean, Annalise laughed and stood up. But it's not private, Blakely whined and rubbed up on me. Well, fuck it then. Let's go. To the beach? I checked because I was lost. No, to the Airbnb, Annalise cheered. Go tell Tara and Nina while I go to the bathroom. I, I gotta get an Uber or a Lyft. Nah, I could drive, Blakely offered. Following Annalise's instructions, I went and told my sister and cousin what was up. Think they cared? No, they already had plans with some other guys and said they wouldn't be back till later that night. It's only two now. We all grown, remember? Tara whispered and shooed me off. The nerve of that heifer. Stomping off, I met Annalise, Blakely, and Anthony outside in the parking lot waiting on me. Forcing a smile, I joined them when we made our way to the Airbnb. This shit is nice, Blakely complimented as we entered through the front. We didn't make it this far last night. Hush, and be lucky you made it today, I teased and told them to meet us by the pool since they already had swim trunks in their car. While Annalise and I went running off giggling to change, we quickly found the sexiest swimsuits that we had brought. Once we slipped into them in some slides, we went out back to find Blakely and Anthony sitting on the deck with drinks in hand. They even had ours ready as well. As we sat on the edge of the pool sipping, Blakely started flirting. Let me turn on some music, I suggested, using my cell and the Bluetooth speaker attached to the patio wall. Yes, that's my jam, Annalise giggled as Anthony pulled her in the water. While they swam to the other end, Blakely and I submerged our lower half into the shallow end. Wrapping his arms around my waist, I drew mine around his neck, and soon as our lips touched, the music cut off. Whoa, 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 what the fuck is really going on here, Tommy yelled out angrily. What the fuck, Annalise shrieked as she looked from me to Tommy. She didn't need to look at me, though, because I was just as shocked to see him here as she was. I didn't even recall giving him the specifics of where I was going this weekend, so what the fuck was he doing here? What the fuck is this shit, Tommy yelled out. Talking about shock shitless, I couldn't believe this fool showed up in Los Angeles. How in the hell did he know how to find me? What in the hell are you doing here? Is that your husband? Blakely questioned as he shielded me like he was trying to protect me. No, that ain't her damn husband, Annalise intervened. That's a fucking stalker to come way to California to find you, Michaela. This ain't your man? Blakely asked again. No, I answered myself, still in disbelief that Tommy would just show up like that. What in the hell was wrong with him? What was he thinking? Yes, I am her man, so take your fucking hands off her, Tommy hissed and got in a fighting stance. Staying in front of me, Blakely grabbed the towel off the side of the pool, held onto the handrail, and started to climb the stairs to get out. Yep, I stayed my ass right there, and Annalise swam over to me while Anthony got out of the deep end. Bam! Before Blakely could get out, Tommy kicked him, sending him flying backwards. Anthony was right there to sock his ass so hard that he hit the deck. Quickly shaking it off, Tommy was right back on his feet, but now Blakely was back up and on his ass. They went at it for the next couple minutes until we could finally break them apart. What the fuck, Anthony gasped when we heard the sirens. I guess folks around that neighborhood didn't play that ghetto shit around here because someone sure called the cops. When it was all over, Tommy was hauled off to jail and Blakely and Anthony were leaving back to their hotel. Fucked up my whole weekend, 
Literally. How? How did Tommy even know to find me? That was the only thing I wanted to know. What the hell, Michaela? Annalise asked. Did you tell him where you was going to be? Really, Annalise? You really think I was telling where I was going? I mean, if that was the case, I would have just stayed at home, I argued. I was so pissed off. Well, how did he find you? I have no clue. Are you sure you didn't tell him? How many times do you want me to tell you that I didn't tell him anything except I was going on vacation with my girls? I didn't tell him what state, city, and I definitely didn't give him this damn address. I don't know how he found me. That sucks. I was really looking forward to some alone time with Anthony. Annalise spoke, obviously only thinking about herself. Girl, bye. You know darn well you aren't going to do shit outside your marriage, I scoffed. Nobody said I was, but I sure was thinking about it. I mean, I ain't getting it from my husband, so I might as well get it from someone else. I still don't believe you. Whether you believe me or not doesn't matter. I ain't got nothing to prove and it's pointless now. Anthony's gone now, Annalise said as she shrugged her shoulders. I'm going to go jump in the shower. We might as well go out to eat or something. I guess I'll take a shower too, I conceded. After acting the fool that he did, I was extremely disappointed in Tommy. I couldn't believe he trapped me down like this. Wait a damn minute, I whispered to myself as it finally hit me how Tommy could have located me. It had to have been one of two ways. He either tracked my phone with that stupid Find My Friend app, or he saw the details of the trip on my bulletin board that was hung on the inside of my pantry at home. Damn it! Nigga, Tommy is straight stalker. Like, nigga, you ain't even her main. Like, you her side. Like, why don't folks know they roll no more? Side niggas just trying to always upgrade, trying to get that promotion. Like, nigga, just stay where you are. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes you used to. Be used to being the side nigga. There is no shame in you being the side nigga. When you're the side nigga, you don't have to worry about main nigga shit. Just play your position. Get the pussy. Make her happy. Go home. That's how it all works out. You and that nigga Gavin, y'all both slipping up playing main nigga roles when you ain't got main nigga lifestyles. Ain't neither one of y'all the main nigga. Daylo's a main nigga for Zakia, whether she wants to admit it or not. She started this whole thing with the whole mindset of playing Gavin while Dayla was locked up. And you ain't Michaela's main nigga. And we can't just have Annalise over here getting close to getting dick and then not getting no dick. Like, that's just going to play out in her being able to be indignant when she finds out about Gavin and Zakia. Like, she ain't out there trying to get dick. Just because you ain't got none yet doesn't mean that you and that nigga Anthony weren't going down to the other end of the pool to make out. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. And Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. I did get a, um, a message, a DM from Roy uh, from the Let Me Tell You Something Bitch podcast. And he said, in regards to the first chapters that we read, he's definitely going to fuck Zakia at this house. I'm just like, did you see this bitch punch your wife in the face and think, ooh, I need to fuck her? <laughs> Niggas be moving so foul. Watch Annalise can't have kids and he trying to get Zakia pregnant or something. And lo and behold, this nigga's popping up talking about, I wanted kids, but I mean, not years from now, but soon. Like, why are we always the ones to make that decision anyway? Nigga, just shut up, play your role, and 
Get her pregnant on accident if it's God's plan. Niggas don't plan for pregnancies out here. Just oops, pal, surprise. And yeah, like I, like I said, Roy agrees with me. If he was 21 and she was 18, then he was definitely grooming her. That's exactly what I thought. Now he's looking at uh, Zakia the same way he looked at Annalise because Annalise is 26 now. And Zakia is like 21, 22, 23. And he's on that young shit. Next thing. He said, uh, Annalise's name should have been Ayana or something. Why in the fuck is this nigga instantly so invested in Zakia? Like you Captain Save a hoe ass nigga and he's really risking it all for her. Like flying back and forth every week though? Nigga, you didn't even want to be in the situation. When you was in the bed with her, you was like, I shouldn't be doing this. So why are you doing it now? Why are all these people talking about they love their partners while being completely inauthentic and deceptive? What do they think love is? That's a good question. And it's a question that I would like to ask the authors because they're the ones who wrote this book. But it's kind of like in Kill Bill Volume 2, I think, where Bill is telling um, the bride, Beatrice, spoiler alert, um, that when Clark Kent, when Superman dressed up like Clark Kent, that's him putting on a costume. His real self is Superman. While Bruce Wayne puts on a costume to be his alter ego, Batman. Superman's alter ego is Clark Kent. Like, that's him costuming himself to be the way that he thinks humans are. When folks write like this, where they say that they love people, but they're completely inauthentic about it, I, I feel like they're writing the way the they think we feel relationships are. Because these books are obviously made for an audience. So they're writing the way that they think their audience thinks to love. Which is fucked up. I mean, I'm going to read it. But it's still, that's kind of wild, don't you think? Like I said, 916-633-1537. Uh, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. We also got a review from Roy, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, y'all can leave reviews at podchaser.com. Just type Ratchet Book Club in. The cool thing about it is you can not only leave reviews for the show overall, but you can leave reviews for each separate episode. So then if there's something that hits you, something that you liked about that episode or didn't like, you can let me know there and I'll be able to tell. Roy said, I love Ratchet Book Club. I forgot how much I enjoy being read to and Derek is a damn good storyteller. And the book choices is everything five stars y'all if you only knew i'm getting better every day with this reading thing but reading out loud like i said reading your head and reading out loud are two completely different things anyhow thank you again roy i really do appreciate it y'all check out his podcast let me tell you something bitch which on twitter his twitter name is let me bitch bitch <laughs> i love that y'all be good i'm gonna holler at you later peace Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is-
single simulcast. Don't nobody out and you say.